Happy Star Day and may the 4th be with you because TRB is back, baby! And we are here to talk all about the latest Star Wars news. And we're going to be getting to your tweets later in the show because we're speculating on a hypothetical Dave Filoni burner Twitter account because uh, he seems to have his ear to the ground quite a bit. And uh, a lot of things. We're going to talk Star Wars Visions, uh, Young Jedi Adventures. We're going to talk about what Hasbro threw out there, including uh, another helmet repaint, it looks like. But we're here to have a great time. It's Star Wars Day. Uh, I'm John. So thank you so much for joining us here on the Resistance Broadcast. Uh, we have a wonderful show. And with me, as always, is James and Lacey. Uh, may the 4th be with both of you. How are you? Good. How are you? How'd you do celebrate not, today? Are you not going to tell me, may the fourth be with me? Is that what's happening? Oh, do we say that back to each other? That's, I don't know. I don't do that. <laughs> may the fourth be with both of you. Thank Thanks, you, James. James. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, no. Down? How did I celebrate today? Mm -hmm. I watched my daughter and I watched some of Young Jedi Adventures. I watched some of Visions again. I coached T-ball practice and started getting ready for my new job, uh, day job, um, until we get a million subscribers on this channel, and then I can do this as my job. Good. But good. how about you guys? Do you guys do anything in particular? Lisa, I know you said you were watching Young Jedi Adventures as well a little bit, right? I did watch Young Jedi Adventures. I also uh, watched a couple episodes. I went back and rewatched a couple of the uh, Visions episodes that I really enjoyed um i've now watched him like two or three times um mm -hmm. and then i did some shopping i got the jakku mug if anybody's wondering no one is but i did get it i have gotten to the point now that i've scaled back like last year i got all three and i ended up giving one away to a friend and now i have two but then i have this rack in my kitchen of all these mugs uh from disney and star wars and i just can't i have no more room so i have to be picky mm. so i chose ray <laughs> and i got a sweatshirt and a hat for my daughter very nice good very nice. yeah james what'd you do uh lots of the same stuff um i recorded a short too for <clears throat> if anybody hasn't seen it, it's on our youtube channel for a good tip on watching uh visions and how to process that and uh the only other thing i think probably i just had something i can't remember what it was I mean, I was listening to some Star Wars music today. Oh, it was that at work today, they asked me to do Star Wars trivia. So I'd write out the questions oh. early and send them in. Um, and then I wasn't like on campus. So they printed them out and they did the thing. And then somebody else is actually, I sent them over the answer. So I still don't know. They told me that they would grade them <laughs> and announce today, but I didn't hear anything from them. So I will know probably tomorrow who the actual winner was, but it's always tricky with trivia because I know that people don't know Star Wars like I am. So I'm, I'm like, send us the quiz. I'm trying to try softballs. Yeah, we should do it right now. Like, <clears throat> I'm going to try that you, quiz. You guys, you guys don't want to do this quiz. You'd fly through it. I, <laughs> I don't think well, there's anything on there. It, it's like, finish this quote, <laughs> do or do not. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, do you guys know well, how old George Lucas was when he directed the first Star Wars film? Yes, he was 30, 32 years old. Bingo. John got it. 32. Very yeah. nice. Uh, well, you know, that's why I'm here, folks. You know, but <laughs> listen, 
Uh, speaking of George Lucas, shout out to uh, Josh Robert Thompson, who uh, made part of our uh, show at Anaheim last year. So awesome being the voice of George Lucas. In my opinion, the best George Lucas impersonator on the planet in the galaxy. He went out to the uh, Writers Guild picket lines dressed as George Lucas to support the uh, the Writers Guild, and and uh, he, he's awesome. So shout out to him doing that today. Um, but thanks, everybody, for joining us. If you're joining us live, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot you could be doing on Star Wars Day, so if you're here, uh, very cool. Thank you. Uh, of course, if you got to bounce out or you're just popping in now for a bit, it will hit your uh, audio apps tomorrow, as always. So don't worry about that. And, of course, it'll be right here on the channel. Um, but make sure you share this if you're online. Say, come on in, come hang out with TRB and like the video, all that good stuff. And Super Chats are available as well, so we appreciate those. But we have a really good show to get into today. And uh, before we do that, uh, speaking of Super Chats, I know, Lacey, we have one. Is that correct? We do. The first one of the evening, also the first one from this person. It's Neil. Our buddy Neil, thank you so hey, much Neil. for Super Chat. First hey, Super Chat he's ever sent. Uh, he Man. said, can't stay, but wanted to wish you and your families in this amazing community an amazing, double amazing, Star Wars Day. Happy May the 4th. Love you all. We love you too, Neil. Thank you, Neil. Thank you. He's one of the man. good ones. He's one yeah. of the good ones. I, I have a, and he rarely has off time, so I hope you're having a good evening. And mm -hmm. uh, thank you very much. Enjoy it with your family. Um, so before we get into the Resistance Report, just want to acknowledge, you know, um, Carrie Fisher uh, has the star on the Walk of Fame. Billy Lord was there to represent her mom. Uh, she wore a dress with Leia on it. That was very cool. She gave a nice speech. And Mark Hamill also showed up. So did you guys get to check any of that footage out? And uh, what do you think? Pretty cool, huh? Oh, my God. Tearing up immediately. Like, what a long time coming, I would say. Like, we, I think all of us were kind of just like, why is not this happened earlier? Um, yeah. But I'm glad that it did happen now. It was a great day. Um, Mark was there. He gave a great speech, which, of course, included a little bit of like, she's bratty sometimes, but it's who she is type thing, which made me laugh. Um, and I loved the um, bit where Billy talked about glitter and like how her mom's glitter and it kind of gets everywhere. And huh. that's who her mom is. And then she threw glitter on the star. It was really beautiful because... When I worked for Celebration, I remember <laughs> she would throw glitter on everyone that went to get autographs from her to the point that like staff were like, now we have to go clean up the area because there's just glitter everywhere. That's and awesome. All over everything. And so I, I all... hate glitter too, but if so Carrie, Carrie Fisher threw glitter on me, I'd be like, yep. Yeah. So the, the details I remember <laughs> I kind of laughed about where the people were like, all she wants is Diet Cokes and glitter. <laughs> so I, I just love that very She's very missed. cool yeah i didn't get a i didn't get a chance to check anything out um so lacy's dropping all the spoilers no i'm just kidding Sorry. no but i i'm excited because i know that that stuff gets filmed and obviously we watched it online and so that's probably something i'm going to check out there were so many things that happened uh today that we don't just have one day to celebrate it's going to be like the rest of the weekend as we mm -hmm, sort of mm -hmm. just casually go through and be like okay what like what like sunglasses were announced you know from like all these like connections with all these different companies and stuff like what's the cool stuff that people were buying what's the cool stuff that was released there was like a simpsons short i want to check that out I yeah i haven't had a chance to watch it. i it's forgot about like, that yeah yeah it's like there's so much stuff and then just stuff that happens online with other creators too like you're flipping through and you're like here's what we did for star wars day you know like there's there's so much stuff out there it's so and cool so this is another thing i'm excited to check out uh this weekend 
And mm-hmm. you, you bring up The Simpsons, and people are always talking about, you know, Grogu is 50 and he's not talking and stuff. But Maggie Simpson <laughs> is like 35 and she still has a pacifier. She's still crawling. So she, she's she got to get it, her act together, too, if we're being yeah. fair. Um, but yeah, so uh, we're going to hop into the Resistance Report soon. Just so you know, it during the Resistance Report, we are going to talk about Star Wars Visions. We are going to talk about Young Jedi Adventures, but we're not going to get very spoilery. Um, truth be told, we didn't get screeners for Young Jedi Adventures, um, you know, which is cool, you know, whatever. But so we didn't really get to watch all of those. We got to watch as much as we could, you know, with our kids or whatever today. And then if you want your immediate, if you want spoilers right now for Visions, Lacey has her review on the channel. Uh, but don't leave this to go watch that. Just watch that after this show. Uh, <laughs> we, we're not we're here to compete with ourselves. But anyway, James, it is time to get into the Resistance Report. Let's talk some news. It's the Resistance. Really, really, really interesting news. Uh, <laughs> about Damon Lindelof's exit from the Star Wars project. Um, and, you know, sometimes you hear stories and it's a rumor. Sometimes you hear it's like reported and it's like, well, that's a little more than a rumor, you know, but this was crazy because he was doing a video just kind of talk and just kind of talking about lots of things that are going on in his life. This was for Esquire. And it's a video of him being like, I was involved in Star Wars. It was pretty cool. I was asked to leave. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, man, that cannot be any crazier. There's literally a video of him being like, I was fired. (laughs) You know, it's so nuts. And uh, I mean, that's it, guys. That that's really what it was. He talked about, you know, the time that he got to spend on it and the hopes that he would maybe get to come back one day when the project is right or the situation is right. Um, John, what are your thoughts on him being a so open about the this this process, but then be like, what happened? Yeah, so I definitely have connected some dots, and I'm gonna throw it out there, and we'll see what you guys think about it. And everybody watching and listening, um, so maybe like that's crazy, but um, just first off, you know, he comes across very earnest and uh, humble and real. Um, for someone of his resume, you know, showrunner, co-creator of Lost, one of the most successful TV series of all time, HBO's Watchmen, critically acclaimed, like this guy has achieved a lot and he is very just sort of self-deprecating and uh, human and down to earth. And that makes me want to root for him more. Um, Plus the fact that when you listen to him say this stuff, like somebody, everyone has an ego to a certain extent and pride. If you get let go of something that you've been working on for a year, they liked your initial pitch, like what went wrong sort of thing, you'd probably, maybe some people, maybe even me would be like, oh, screw them then. I'm going to go make Rebel Moon like Zack Snyder's doing. But he said, I can't wait to get back in line and give it another shot. And that really made me want to root for this guy because everyone keeps talking about people don't want to work in Star Wars. Nobody wants to work in Star Wars. This guy is not afraid of the pressure, clearly. If he gets let go from this project, which is going to be the next Star Wars movie, and he's saying, I want to get back in the mix and and give it another shot, I applaud him for that. I want to see what he brings to the table. It's clear he loves Star Wars and wants to do it. So 
good for him and and how he's handled that. Um, and now in terms of, you know, I, I do like James how we just kind of put it out there. It's like, yeah, I was asked to leave, you know, and I like that because we didn't know that. Um, so I like that he said that. So my connected dots thing. He his idea was reportedly an older Ray, someone in the vision of a Helen Mirren type who's training two other Jedi. So that means no Daisy Ridley. Um, he started working on this last March, as we know by with Jeff Snyder, who was the first one to report this and is still reporting about it. Um, even about this nit pit, nit, uh, this nit piece about uh, his pitch about what this is 50 years after Rise of Skywalker or whatever. Mm-hmm. So my my speculation is that was greenlit because there wasn't any indication that Daisy was coming back. Because then you think about those lunches that Daisy was talking about going to Lucasfilm. That happened at the end of 2022. Months and months and months after Lindelof had been working on this project. I think those lunches changed something. I think initially Daisy probably didn't have any intentions of coming back this soon. And the conversation was had, whether it's Disney saying like, you need to bring them back because the kids draw themselves to that character. We built this whole park around the timeline of this character. She's a main hero in our main rides and our attractions, which are our biggest money makers. You got to get her back. Kathleen Kennedy sits down with her, gets her back in the mix. And then Lindelof's idea doesn't work anymore. So I think it was, we like your idea. We're going to go with that. We don't think we have Daisy coming back. We're going to do this character in the future. If she comes back later, cool. But then once they got Daisy to come back, which everyone is saying happened not that long ago, the last thing about that whole Lucasfilm lunch was in December of 2022. That makes sense to me because then you can put your ideas together, get in line with the director, and then three months, four months later, she walks out on stage at Celebration. So my thing is, I think they liked his pitch. They obviously went and greenlit it. He started working on it. Daisy gets put back in, in, pulled back into the fold, and then obviously his idea doesn't work anymore. So I think that's what happened. That's my speculation. I don't know that for certain, but it makes sense to me. Um, but again, to, to wrap it back around, everything he said, I, I want to see this guy back in because if you are a, a filmmaker and a storyteller and you're not afraid of the pressure that a lot of people seem to be afraid of and you get let go and you still want to get back in there, I will root for you to come back and make some Star Wars. So I hope he does. Yeah, we are going, we're, we'll probably talk a little bit here when we kind of finish up the initial ideas of like the whole Lindelof uh, being asked to leave that whole thing. But then we'll also talk a little bit more about what you were just mentioning, John, about his whole like story pitch and what we think about that. Lacey, getting done, getting, getting back to that though, like Damon Lindelof's exit. What are you, what are your thoughts there? I think that Bob Iger was asked to come back in November, 2022 and decision with Daisy happened in December of 2022 when he literally was publicly saying that they were going to invest you know, whether the beginning of this year, actually, but probably in meetings, he was saying this, uh, that they're investing in the characters that everybody loves. Toy Story, Frozen, all these things, trying to focus on what they're good at. And to me, he probably heard this pitch or the higher ups heard this pitch. And at first we're like, wow, this is new. This is original. Supposedly from um, Jeff Schneider, there was going to be a person of color as the lead. Like that was a big thing that was being pushed around for a while is like that's what Damon Lindelof was pushing for as well, um, which would have been cool. I, I I think I think this was an overarching Disney idea or Disney kind of pressure from Bob Iger and other people to say, 
you can't turn around after we've built this character up and then just have her end like right. in the sense of like have her be older because you have someone that's in their 30s that has plenty of time <laughs> to be in movies so why wouldn't you then use that person um and like john said like she's in the parks she's in their marketing still they're still making toys of her so it would just be counterproductive to then age her up and then be like, yeah, this is the new Ray. When all, I mean, I'm wearing Ray hair right now. Little girls walk around the parks all the day, all day wearing Ray hair. So um, you, yeah. I, I think it's, you guys have always said that it's too soon for Daisy to come back. I think it's too soon to age Daisy up and get rid of her because it's just like, there's so much time there with that actress that why wouldn't you use it? Um, I think there is a piece of this as well that, Daisy has openly said that she needs a job and she needs employment. And if Disney's giving you a big check, why wouldn't you take it? She said she's liked Ray. Um, it is interesting that for the past few years in interviews, she's been like kind of on the side of like, oh, I think the story was told for Ray for now. I think I'm good with Ray for now. And then like in the BAFTAs at the beginning of this year, she was like, I'll always be Ray. And they're like, oh, really? And like it was a very different turn for her um publicly to just be like oh i'm ray yes of course i'm ray whereas previously she was very much like oh i'm kind of done with that for now um but yeah i i i'm not surprised that they shifted plans i think as soon as Iger came back in everything changed um and unfortunately this was one of those projects that immediately changed um mm -hmm. i do agree with john i i i liked how kind of candid damon was in this because it was kind of like one of those weird wired interviews where they have the person like reading off right. of reddit that's kind of what it was it was like yeah. random people's questions so the fact that this came out where he was just answering this person on the internet's question of like hey what's the deal with star wars and he blatantly told them he was like oh i wanted to join star wars i did join star wars and they asked me to leave and he kind of laughed about it um shows me that he left on good terms compared to maybe some other people that we've heard in the past are very much not happy with how things went down. Um, so I do hope he comes back. I think he's super creative. All the projects that he's ever done have been very well received. Um, and in that interview too, he does talk about Lost, <laughs> specifically about the ending of Lost. And he says, look, I stand by that ending. Like, that's the one I chose. That's the one I wrote. He's like, people have the, their own theories. And I think Lost is kind of that first thing that fans got really crazy about, like, speculation and stuff. So they had all these high expectations like we see in Star Wars. It. And yeah. no, I'm not saying either way because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Lost. But I'm just saying fan criticism is something that has come up with that. And I've read books about the fan criticism of it. Mm -hmm. That it was one of those things that, like, no matter what they would have done, people were going to be unhappy. So it was nice to see someone have that attitude of, like, it is what it is. That's what I wrote. I stand by it. So I think we need more people like that in Star Wars with like, yeah, this is the story I told. This is a story I, I want to tell. And more hey, it Ryan challenges Johnson's. you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. More Tony Gilroy's really. Right. Because yeah. he doesn't get involved in like fan stuff online. Tony's mm -hmm. more like, this is my story. Leave me alone. Fading out. <laughs> yeah. um, but Long story short, I thought it was a very interesting interview, and I hope people kind of take note and are more honest like this. Yeah, yeah. I instead of seeing the, we're still talking and we're you know everyone's busy and God it's, willing, he's just like <laughs> he's like here's what happened. They didn't they didn't like it. They asked me to leave. All good. Maybe I'll be back. I'm like yes, refreshing honesty. Mm -hmm, All mm -hmm. Right. 
Sorry. Jim. Yeah. Uh, it was, I, I think you guys probably are more like on spot with exactly how it went down as far as like, they probably liked the story, but then real life things happened, you know, with like Daisy coming back or wanting to come back, Bob Iger making decisions about that whole aspect of, and I honestly, like, again, we'll talk about that here in a second. His, his idea of an older Ray, I think that's cool. And that's a good idea. But then again, it seems really strange because right mm. now that's a good idea. But when we got to that point where Daisy Ridley was older, it would be like, now we this doesn't line up and this is weird. We're looking at the wrong character and it doesn't, you know what I mean? If you're trying to set up a legacy, like don't, that's like one thing that Star Wars has done well so far, pretty, pretty successfully, other than maybe like Obi-Wan Kenobi or something where we're like trying to, we're playing in that world now. But, um, but no, my initial thoughts on this is just that Lindelof plays ball and he might, again, I think you guys are right. My first thoughts were that I, I, I just felt like there was this impression that he couldn't crack it. Like they were like, do you want star Wars? And he's like, that's a big task, but say yes, say yes to the job. He comes in and he's like, what do you want me to do? And they tell him this story. And he's like, man, so many stories that I could tell, but you're giving me this one. Okay, I'll do it. And he's writing the story, but you know, he does that interview where he says, I just feel like you're in the kitchen and maybe you shouldn't be one of the chefs. Maybe you should just be enjoying it. And he said that, right? Can't, yeah, he said that. And if it can't be great, you shouldn't do it. So it almost makes me feel like he was like humbly like, I can't figure out this story perfectly. I don't know exactly how to handle it. And I don't think I don't... whatever I do is going to be great. And they were like, well then and he's like okay i'll leave but that was my initial thought i think you guys are probably more right considering like the daisy stuff but um but i don't know i just i, I just kind of had this impression that he was like a very humble person and he was like i'm just being honest i can't crack this one so if you guys want to l- let me go that's fine just i would like to try star wars again maybe in a different situation i just couldn't this story wasn't working for me you know that's where I had disconnect because I don't think it went that way where they're like, hey, successful creator of TV's uh, series. Um, this this is the story we want you to write. Go write it. I, I think this was he pitched an idea and they liked it uh, and they went with it until Iger, Iger comes back, back, Ridley comes back and then. He's just handcuffed because then it's gone. Now, let's not forget, like, they could do an older Ray, just devil's advocate. They could do an older Ray thing and still go back and do Daisy Ridley stuff. Star Wars has bopped around a lot. So it's it's not like, oh, my God, they did older Ray. It's over. Daisy's finished. So, no, they, they could still do that. But when you think about, and we say this a lot in this podcast, you know, the kids who were five and six and seven when TFA came out are going to be in high school when this movie comes out. They're going to be the ones like I was as a high schooler going to see the prequels and like you're the one driving the conversation. Uh, That's really, really important. And on top of that, there are still little, little kids now who like probably were born at the end of the sequel trilogy who are going to be five and six when that trilogy comes out. It's just a character that it's the right time, like Lacey said, to proceed with it because of those kids are now having a voice. Their first Star Wars experience was this person uh, this orphan uh, in Jakku with BB-8, and they're like, oh my god, I, I want to be Ray." And now they're going to be in high school, and they're going to be the ones with opinions, starting podcasts and stuff. It's so important to 
to to stick with that and 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 channel your direction toward that as opposed to away from it so um it just it, it's a bummer for him because it probably was a good idea um i mean snyder said that he heard the script wasn't very good who knows but i that we'll also kind of lends to what I was saying too. That I think all yeah. of this building up was kind of like I'm getting the impression that he just wasn't. He's a good writer, but he couldn't like quite put this one together. And it wasn't. I'm, I'm also Helen Mirren. I it was like kind of think they sometimes they tell him this is the story we want you to tell. I feel like I think that has like, been the case for a while. I think for some stuff like sequel trilogy, like we know what we what we're doing here. But when it comes to like a new new movies and stuff, I think Mangold pitched the ancient jedi stuff you wanted to make a biblical epic and they like that idea but you i know. still think they already had that in mind because that was the whole benioff and wise thing so it's like yeah they, they still knows where they want to go they're just trying to find the right people to fill in their the stories it's probably a very themselves. loose hey we want to do something that happened twenty thousand years ago yeah that's fair yeah, that's fair <laughs> uh lacy what are your thoughts on the older ray and helen mirren potentially being the person he either had in mind i don't think i don't think she was ever like locked in or anything like that a helen mirren type yeah i think that was the idea it's just like someone like that what are are your thoughts there i stand by what i said earlier just like you guys have been saying too early for ray i think it's too early for old ray (laughs) like i need some time with the character i don't think the sequel trilogy uh told her story i think she was intertwined with the skywalker saga and the the story of luke han and leia and their and Right. Uh, Han and Leia's son and Palpatine and all that stuff. I think they were tying up things that were kind of open-ended. I don't think it was necessarily her story and like her journey, whereas mm-hmm. now this new series could be. So that's why I think that I need to see that before I see older Ray. I need to her to have her adventure. Uh, yeah. And I guess either of you thoughts on training two Jedi. I mean, Depends. Is it a romance, Damon Lindelof? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they always seem to keep things in their pocket, and maybe like resurface them later. So uh, there's there's the possibility that this story gets told in 15 years or something right. like that. Um, or yeah, way I don't, later I don't know. when Daisy yeah. Ridley is Helen Mirren's age. Yeah, and, and we're not going to reveal... He's younger much, than me, uh, so... <laughs> Uh, what's that i said she's younger than me so when daisy ridley's helen mirren age what does that make me (laughs) (laughs) the oldest Um, star wars fan (laughs) monday we're going to talk about an interesting possibility about uh that new ray movie so we're going to have some fun speculating on Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. um all right well uh let's move on i guess to some of the stuff that came out on today (laughs) can we we go (laughs) through some of these super chats first yeah, absolutely. Yes. Let's do that. Cool. So first we have Miles. Thank you so much for the super chat, Miles. He said, last month was Autistic Awareness Month. With myself being autistic, will Star Wars make a series where the lead character is autistic, unexplored right now? I honestly couldn't tell you, Miles. I think it would be um, cool to see that. Uh, I'm always for diverse storytelling with characters with all different backgrounds and viewpoints and experiences. I mm-hmm. don't know if they're going to touch that right now, only because they kind of have a very straightforward plan with what they're doing based on what they said at celebration. But based on what we've heard from Dave Filoni, I think that they have stuff that's in development, like a whole bunch of stuff. So I think we could. Yeah. Yeah. My my thoughts, I I don't know that they would ever put an autistic character straight up in the lead as, as you're saying there, but I know that they're getting ready to release skeleton crew, which has four kids. 
And I could see a character in that, you know, having those tendencies, which obviously I don't think Star Wars would be like, they would just say like, he's different or something. I don't know what they would do, but like they wouldn't use that word. Um, but it would, but, but it would be there to represent uh, a group of people that, you know, have that. Want to be I, seen on screen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think like with a, when you have this show that's coming up where anytime they ever put like four people together, they're obviously supposed to like inhibit different traits and personalities mm -hmm. and, and they have an opportunity to represent a bunch of different people. Um, yep. So that, that is one opportunity. We could see one of those kids like that yeah it's yeah it's interesting because star wars they try to like keep it separated from our earthy terms in some regards right and in terms of lead character yeah i'm not sure miles that's a great great question and thank you for the super chat um i know there's been um speculation or belief from people that tech from bad batch uh it re is representative of uh autism in terms of his him opening up about how he conveys his emotions and he you know how he internalizes things and stuff and i think a lot of people were very moved by that so i think that there it is there i don't know like that'd be a great question for the people who make it though about a lead character so uh, i didn't think about the, that it's very true it's a great thing to bring up though miles appreciate it mm -hmm. Uh, next is Mickey Bell. Hey, Mickey, how's it going? Thanks for the super chat. He said, happy Star Wars Day. Got to interview some Star Wars cosplayers today. A very cool part of my job as a journalist. Talking to cosplayers is like the best. We had <laughs> Jedi Amanda on for Mando Fan Show, and it's just super fun. They have just a skill that I could never have, you know, like sewing, creative, right. like design, all that stuff. Um, he says, so glad I got to meet you all at Star Wars Celebration London. You made my weekend. May the fourth be with you. Oh, thanks. thanks you made man. ours. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, there, were, there were a lot of pictures that Glad Mickey took with people either who were in Star Wars and stuff, and he <laughs> had our vinyl sticker on his jacket. It was really cool. Love it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, really nice to meet you. You're very, very kind and very nice. Appreciate it, buddy. You have a great photo, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, Kale Beckworth. What up, Kyle? Thanks for the super chat. He said, happy May the 4th. Thanks for all that you do, TRB. I've only watched a couple Thanks, of uh, Visions episodes, but man, the spy dancer was fantastic. Yes, it was. And yes. we're going to get into that in just a little bit. So excited to talk about it. Like I said in my review, we've been sitting on these episodes for like weeks. Mm -hmm. And I've been sitting here being like, guys, it is so good. Um, so I can't wait to talk about it. Thank you so much. Thanks, and man. Go back to James. Thanks, Kyle. Um, well, that's it. That's probably the cue. Let's let's open it up uh probably to visions first, uh, since we're so excited about it. Um, I don't know exactly. I think this is sort of a little bit of an open discussion, but we can maybe, I don't know if we want to do this chronologically, kind of walk through them each, talk about the season maybe as a whole. Lacey, you want to kick us off there? Uh, sure. So do we want to go one by one or do we want to more just talk about what our favorites are? I would say, sure. well, you, you did the review where you pretty much did that. So I think people I should go watch that. Um, yeah. I'm not saying James, like, don't talk about anything you don't want to talk about, of course, but I think we went through all of them yeah. now. It might be a little monotonous, but yeah, maybe favorites, favorite moments, uh, things that stood out, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah. yeah, I would say my favorites are probably one, four, and nine, or not nine. Is it nine? Yep. Eight. Nine. No, nine. Yes. Nine. nine. Right. Yeah. Nine. Song? <laughs> yeah. Song. Yep. Uh, so I loved Sith. I'm your mother from Ardman and then uh, I song. So I was very fortunate to um, interview Rodrigo Blas from the writer director of Sith, which is the first mm -hmm. episode. Um, 
yesterday. It just happened very early in the morning. Um, so that will be coming out on the stream or on YouTube channel and on social media soon. Uh, it's just unfortunate that I got like right before May the 4th. So that will be coming soon. But it was really great to talk to him because this was one of my favorite episodes between the character Lola and her droid E2 and the Sith Master. It was just super interesting. And I remember when I watched it, I immediately texted these guys in all caps being like, she's episode one is amazing because <laughs> uh, it was just that good. I loved all the colors and the idea that um, it goes back to that that theme with Star Wars of not letting your past define you. Uh, and letting your past decisions determine who you are in the future like you always have the choice to do the right thing which is what Lola decides is like I'm not a bad guy I'm gonna be good um so yeah it was just very cool I liked kind of just the overall aesthetic of it the music was great it was just it, it just kicked it off like really well like it hits you kind of in the face with color and action and all these cool things and you're like oh my gosh what am I getting into um, and you guys have to go watch James's short about how to watch these because it's so true. You go, you go back and watch them multiple times because the first time you're just trying to get through them and you're like, oh my god, this is so exciting. And then you go back and you're like, wow, this is just amazing. Um, my other favorite was four. Like I said, Ardman, the people that do Wallace and Gromit. I loved this episode so much. It is basically my Star Wars in an episode. Like very fun, kind of campy, a little bit. Uh, like a family friendly one that you just have a really good time but has a really good story behind it of you know mother daughter relationships and I could see myself eventually having that with my daughter where I, I'm sure I already embarrass her she's not that old but I'm sure I do um so it was just really fun to watch and um it was for me one of the ones that felt most Star Wars to me just because there were so many like Wookiees and aliens that you recognize right. and wedges in it and like all this stuff. Um, oh, by the way, spoilers if anybody's watching this. Um, and then <laughs> he's a cameo. He shows up. He's not, he's um, not and then my other favorite was episode nine, which is from Triggerfish, which is Awu's song. Um, this episode was another very kind of like childlike wonder uh, a child finding their way through the galaxy and universe and where they belong, uh, leaving home for the first time, mother-daughter relationship, which is really important to me. I'm really close with my dad. Um, and I really loved the aesthetic of it. Like I said this in my review, it looked like you could reach out and hug it. Like it looked like they were playing with like kind of like stuffed animals, um, right. which I thought yeah. was really unique because a lot of these episodes, especially in volume one, were very like 2D. They were very like hand-drawn looking anime type style uh, animations. Whereas this season, we had very much several that looked like claymation. Then we had this one that had more of like a touch to it. Um, but yeah, it was just really cool. I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I think that was the the biggest difference between season one and season two is season one being almost exclusively japanese and anime 2d all of it stylized like that and this one opening it up to the world and then uh in turn changing how they've done the animation as well so we had some 3d animation we had some 2d animation we had uh claymation as well and i think um how they've they've broadened that to not only be like representative of other cultures and not just this one a vision of what star Wars could be, but multiple visions. Um, and then uh, expressing that through the animation and extending it beyond just the one style. Although I will say, 
I, I, I like the, I, I'm most excited about the anime style. So I, think I could like, see that. I could totally yeah. see that. So I think like when I'm watching them, the one that excites me the most, by the way, I'm dark head. Yeah. I'm very excited to hear what you guys think. Cause what I also said in my review is the coolest thing about visions is you kind of learn something about people when they tell you which ones are their favorites. Right. Like right. the ones I chose, I'm sure these guys would have been like, Oh, you like this one and this one, because that's just kind of the things that I like. You know what I mean? Uh, only, only, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Only the, um, I am your mother. I, I, I saw that one. The other two, I'm like, interesting. Like, I don't know that I would have nice. picked them, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the journey to dark head just because of the animation style. I thought the, the story was, was good, but not great. Um, on my second watch, I, I was more pulled towards the screechers reach. Um, that's the one I didn't like. It really haunted me. And I think it's cause it's so good that it left me yeah. very so uncomfortable. I watched that one and I started and I was like, I'm not into this animation. And I watched the whole thing and I was like, or not the whole thing. I got to part of it and I was like, wow, there's a really emotional ending. I think the music is really good in this one. Anyway, moving on. And that's why I thought it was so important. When I went back and rewatched them, I was like, oh, I know what this one is. This one has that big emotional ending. And then like knowing that, whew, different, different, different video, you know, different concept, different piece <laughs> of uh, art. It, it was uh, that, yeah, that one is, crazy because i feel like it's so i don't i don't want to say anything that is going to spoil it um but it's so heavy the way that it ends it's surprise it's like watching a horror movie and being like i feel terrible that movie was awesome you know yes like yes, i feel yeah. great it was so scary and I, I was having panic attacks in the movie that's a good horror movie. You know, it's like, it kind of feels like that. Like it was I, very you're dark. watching it. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, this seems very simple, but at the same time, like when you get to it, you're like, this is a wild story. I can't, yeah. I almost can't believe they told it. Um, there's other ones that uh, like the, the pit obviously has a lot of like real, I felt like that was the most real world story. Yes. Um, I felt in, the same way. It to, like, reflected how, a lot of how people are feeling currently in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. felt that. Um, and then uh, I also really liked um, the Into the Stars or In the Stars. That one oh, yeah, that well. one was beautiful. Because that one reminded me a little bit of Lilo and Stitch. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the one that I was talking about, Screechers, Screechers Reach, that one reminded me a lot of um, Luca. If you guys, if anybody saw oh, that, I, I'm going to be honest. I started Luca and shut it off. Oh, I think Luca gets a little bit overlooked. I think mm. it's better than what people generally think it is. Overlooked, uh, overlooked a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, it's got some good music and uh, and the story is is pretty awesome when it gets to the end. But and that that'll think of that when you're watching Screechers Reach. Um, if mm. you've if you have seen it. Th those are some standouts to me. I mean, I would love to talk about all of them and, and go through details here in this here this way and that way. But John, I want to get to you. What what are your overall takeaways from Visions Volume Two? Um so I watched most of it. Um two the two that had lasting impressions on me were Screechers Reach and Ao's song. Um, for different reasons, uh, totally polar opposite reasons, actually. So like Screechers Reach 
left me feeling um, like that sort of dreadful feeling of you see something happening in slow motion, you can't stop it from happening, and you know that there's no coming back from it. And that sort of like the and I'm not going to get too spoilery with it, but you know, the end of that episode like messed me up and it like, th- <laughs> it made me think about it really that's did. What I said, I, that's what I makes like... it so good. It's like, no, but, oh, it's, that, yeah. but I'm getting to it. Let me explain. Yeah. I, I liked it because of that, because it had an impact on me where this type of like, usually this type of uh, animation, I'm not really a big follower of it. Um, I'm not a big anime fan. But it like it impacted me in the sense that I'm like, well, that could be leading to a good thing, but it also feels like it's not because when someone, whenever someone like looks back, there's always that sort of like that hesitation, and it made me like think about the end of Mando season two and that sort of stuff. But also just life, like, like it made me think of like a movie like Interstellar or something, where it's like, when's the last time you're gonna say goodbye to somebody? You don't know when it is, and it's just like that. So that that was a heavy, heavy episode. And it like still like sticks with me. I don't know that I love it, love it, but it did something to me. And then I, I was I blocked it out as soon as it happened. I was like, I'm never thinking about this again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, and that's understandable too. And I'm sure people, when they watch yeah. it, they'll get that. And just to be clear, we're not getting too spoilery here. So don't get too worried. If you need to check out for a few minutes, that's, that's cool. But, um, and then the, the other one that I really liked, uh, the last one, Aou's song, I, it was, it, it literally, felt warm to me from everything from the sunshine to the hot soup it just felt inviting uh, that relationship yeah. between the father and daughter and i'm sitting there and i'm watching my daughter today daisy and she's with me and i'm seeing this dad and this daughter have this relationship and he's protective of her like you're not going to go down with those minds and stuff and you're not going to sing and blah 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 but the bottom line about that episode was i loved like like lacy you were saying about it felt like real texture like it felt like it had texture to it. I liked that element. It felt 3D. I thought how it was directed was beautiful. The color palette was amazing. And just the story overall, I thought was a very uplifting and positive uh, and great story. So Screech's Reach impacted me in like this sort of like emotional, deep, like sort of dark way. And then Aou's song like balanced that out for me. So you talk about balance in Star Wars, like those two episodes, like you put them together, it's like, a perfect even keel and i like them both for different reasons so those are my yeah, two i, I, I was sure. going to ask you too um because i know Lacey, you pointed this one out as well um because i don't want to i don't want to give away what happens in the story so let's not talk about it let's just talk about just in general but um the spy dancer that is one i felt like had a pretty all of these had such good like you watch them and you you go, yeah, that's Star Wars. I get what they pulled out of out of a Star Wars story and applied it to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that one did really. That was the first one where I really had that thought. I go, wow, that was a that was a good Star Wars story, even though it doesn't feel Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like that feels like something that would happen in Star Wars and would be like the arc of the three movie trilogy or something. Um, right. Yeah, it was. I, that one was definitely one that caught me off guard because I started off with it being kind of like, okay, this is okay. It's not my favorite, but it's fine. And then I think the twist for me, the part that it kind of shifted, uh, I was like, oh, okay, this is super interesting. Where is this going now? Mm-hmm. Um, As the story kind of develops, yeah. Yeah, and it felt like one of those stories from volume one that I was intrigued enough to want to see more. 
because not all these right. stories do you need to continue it. Um, I felt like In the Stars was one of those stories that was like a perfect beginning, middle, end. And it was yeah. just good as is. Um, whereas Spy Dancer, I think it kind of left it so open-ended that I was like, okay, what's next? Same with Sith. I felt Sith was like, okay, where is she going type thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Spy Dancer was really cool. And it made me want to go to the club or bar that they're at. Like, it really was like one of those things that you're like, oh, I want to go there. The opera? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the dance place. Mm-hmm. If it, that's a good follow-up question for you guys, if you had to pick one of these to be a continued story or series or book, so maybe similar to what they did with Ronan, they actually picked up the story and they said, let's keep going with this. Uh, what's the one you would pick out of that? Oh, that's a tough I, one because I liked I mean, they all have their cool storylines, but go ahead, John. Well, Either one of the two that were my favorite because they do leave you sort of wondering what's going to happen next. One is sort of like you're going to start this, you know, coming of age, finding yourself adventure. And the other one's sort of like, I'm not sure what's about to happen to this person. So either Screechers Reach or Ao's Song, uh, I think would be cool. And just thinking of like where else they could go from an environmental perspective and location perspective on Ao's Song. I mean, that visually was such a cool looking episode so maybe for that alone i would lean towards that one and also just because of the despair of the other one yeah Awu's song is definitely one that i want to see like where does it progress to like they could go years later where she returns to see her dad or something which would be mm-hmm. kind of cool i don't know I, i'm falling back to spy dancer just because it leaves at such a cliffhanger moment I think i'm there too honestly. that i'm like where is this going and it was like so perfectly ends that you're like like there's no other way to but to think okay what's next like you think yeah, the next lot, episode is going to pick up where a lot of these have really good endings even even in the case of like they're bad endings <laughs> like like that's it's good because it's bad and that you just you want to leave it at that yeah like um, i am your mother that has is the one that little... i really does feel like I, yeah. yeah i am your mother could just be more stories it is what it is yeah yeah Actually, I'm your mother to me also feels a little bit like young Jedi adventures in the sense of like, you just get one story in this world and the next one just picks up with someone uh, else, you know, everything's reset and the next story is just another story with these, with these characters and Mm -hmm. that's all good and fine. So that one is probably the, yeah, I would say that one's probably the most wholesome family oriented episode. I would, that and I, I, that, that one's close to, I think probably more so the, um i'm your mother though in my opinion in my opinion yeah i mean because you look at it and you see chicken run run you see waltz and grommet <laughs> fair yeah yeah <laughs> um i also wanted to just point out too that sith reminded me of the animatrix <laughs> what is that I, the the they basically did this exact concept when the matrix came out they were, had all these different studios and people like oh, cool. what they yeah, understood i, the I didn't want to it. be yeah, they did like eight cool. episodes of it. And for some reason, when I was watching it, I was like, I don't even know. I can't put my finger on like what even episode it was reminding of. But I just like was watching it. I was like, I think it might even be the art style. It looked like they have perfected it and they've done well, but it still had this vibe of kind of like a choppy uh, early 2000s CG. Like that wasn't what it was, but I think the way That's that they, they were did, going like, for frame rate or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It had this this early 2000s kind of animated vibe to it. 
And uh, and even though it was like drawn, it still kind of felt like it was those early workings of CG or something. So I don't know. It definitely had like that vibe, in my opinion. Yeah, I think one of the coolest parts is uh, in Sith in particular is when she decides to fight back and the color kind of comes behind her and then changes right. the whole scenery. Oh, it's just so cool. I think they all have moments like that that you're like, oh, man. This is just awesome. So I guess my question to you guys is, did you like season or volume one or volume two better? Um, I mean, not a lot from volume one stuck with me. I don't think I'll be able to say that about this one. So I'm just going to say two for that reason. Um, but I'm, I, I mean, that's just my opinion. I'm not, you know, an expert on this type of animation. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people said that they liked the first one better because of the type of animation, but I just go by things that either stick with me or things that I like. That That is sort of the thing to me is like, I think that overall I might have enjoyed all of season one better because of the animation styles. Um, but this is sort of the problem with visions is I feel like it's here and it will be gone next week and it doesn't get revisited. It doesn't get, celebrated as much as other star wars content it just seems like it it's there and then it's gone really quickly and occasionally i'll go back and watch an episode of vision season one just like whatever and it, and it's like this is so good and i think that's still gonna be the case for vision season two i think they will both have equal uh amount of me being able to revisit and really love but if you, if you have to look at the two of them together, I'm going like, well, that one mm. had more of the style that I liked mm -hmm. uh, the best. But I don't think that speaks for the stories necessarily because the stories sure. hold up in uh, volume two. Yeah. Very much. Mm -hmm. My quick answer is I think, I don't know if it's because it's recency bias. I'm going to go volume two. I just, I really mm. liked these. Like John was saying, I feel like these stories stuck with me more than the first season or the first volume. So hopefully we'll get another volume, please. Hopefully. Yes. Which I, I, I don't know if we're breaking news or whatever, but Jeff Schneider said today that volume three is already in the works. I hope so. I hope he's right. He's been right so he far. I do have a that guy's got somebody with loose lips over there in Lucasfilm. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I think so. I think so. So we do have a super chat that has to do with this. So I'm going to say thank you to Matt Lawless for the super chat. He says, number Thanks, two, Matt. Screechers Reach wasn't my favorite, but kept me thinking long after. Yeah. Very dark. Devil yeah. you know versus devil you don't. That's yeah. completely what we've been saying. Although I'm it's, one of the three that's like, nah, I'm out. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like watching a horror movie and you're like, well, I don't like horror movies, but like you watch it and it's like, you think it's in your mind and it, you're like, you think about it all the Ready time. Or like, not. That, that movie stuck with me. And Ready I, or yeah. not. I, I didn't, horror I didn't movies say it was a good movie. Me. Yeah. But it's stuck with me. Yeah. The first half, it's not a good movie, but the first half of AI messed me up, man. <laughs> and it's, it, it's stuck it, it, to this day. I cannot watch that scene. If you watch that movie, the scene you know I'm talking about, especially after having kids, oh, I God don't almighty. know what you're talking about, but I will not be watching it. Don't watch that movie. <laughs> my parents <laughs> rented that movie, that movie when it. My parents rented that movie when it came out, and like we're like, oh, it's a little robot. Like the trailer was very different. Like it was like robot boy, woo, and. <laughs> All I remember is that the very well, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. The ending is I like very. I haven't seen ago. it, but yeah, 
the ending is just very kind of like ominous, like very. It's, very... it's depressing. It's the that's... darkest <laughs> Pinocchio story you'll ever see. I want to see it. That's no. the only thing I remember from this whole huh. thing is the ending. And I remember being like sitting there being like, I don't like this. <laughs> like very little. <laughs> there, If there are people in the chat. When did that come out? AI, they know what scene I'm talking about. And I just can't. It's it's like it's like when people talk about the, the horse scene in Never Ending Story. It's like that for me. It's it's rough. Well, Matt, thank you for your super chat. Yeah. Yes. But now we're going to go into something a little bit more positive. Yeah. A little bit more happy. Yes. Um, let's talk about uh, Young Jedi Adventures. Uh, now, as John alluded to earlier, we, we didn't get screeners. So we are watching this as soon as we can today. And the opportunity that we had today to watch some of these episodes. Yeah. And we already had a little bit of a vibe because a lot of the shorts had already been released. So I had watched some of those. Um, as they were coming out. So we're kind of familiar with the characters. We went to Celebration. And they obviously were pushing them there. So we learned some of the characters. Hasbro has their toys yeah. and stuff, which are oh, very the cool. toys look so good. It has like a little PlayStation, like Playhouse. It looks a lot of fun. slide. Oh my yeah. gosh. Guess what's going to be mm -hmm. on Daisy's Christmas list? Uh -huh. yeah well i don't More know if it's gonna be on venice because when we were in when we were in florida every single time the commercial came on because we just had to we had to put on what was on tv like the mm -hmm. disney channel or whatever so they were pushing young jet adventures like all week and every time the commercial came up he's like dad and he's like <laughs> he like hey it's the show it's the show you like it's the show we watch but i mean even today i try to get him to watch it and he's like kind of let's go watch it. mario he's just, yeah he's like <laughs> not as interested as i would hope he would be in it um mm -hmm. i don't know if it's too young for him or if he's just not interested in it um he's obviously i don't think he'd be too old for him that, that doesn't make some right. sense um but uh did your guys kids have different experience today john you go first so i think Lacey and i had a similar chat and not to you know break the peel the curtain back but we were sort of talking like we we're not gonna be able to watch all these things today how, how are we gonna talk about this tonight so i think we all tried to watch a, a decent amount to get a good feel for this three. series yeah i got through well they come in pairs so i, I think i went through four stories but two episodes and oh, there are well it's <laughs> like didn't get through three. it's like yeah. this story yeah. and then this story sort of in the one episode did you watch mm, the but... one with the boat was that the last yes. one you watched i see so yeah. you watched one and a half yeah oh episodes. i've watched so, one and a half this takes it so, takes me back to like rugrats and doug yes. where you have like a, dun, a dun, block, dun, dun, but then it was like half episodes yeah yeah like beavis and butthead sure Did they do that yeah <laughs> i don't know um, okay john what'd you think so i i was watching my daughter today and uh either Lacey called me on the phone or my dad someone called me on the phone and i had to i was i had it on i paused it and she waited for me to finish the phone call and then as soon as i finished the phone call i'm back on my laptop working on the show notes for the podcast and she's like daddy 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 she points at the tv it's got the roku screensaver on it and she's like uh, uh, uh. and i'm like oh you want me to put that back on she's like yeah yeah so I unpause it and she starts watching it. So she's like the visuals of it and stuff, sort of like how she is with Pixar movies. If there's a certain type of visual style that's very appealing, bright mm -hmm. colors, 3D looking, she's like, oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. I like that she liked that. Um, and it sounds like Lacey and I had similar experiences today. 
but I that was me on it. the phone too because I remember she was yelling at you while I was on the phone with you. Oh, like, there okay, you go. One yeah. second, one second, one second. Yeah, she was pointing at the TV like, "Come on!" So, um, anyone who has kids knows as soon as you get on the phone, that's when they want to talk to you. But <laughs> I I liked it because it's you know simple. It's a nice little gateway for kids to get into Star Wars. Uh, it tells moral stories, and I'm not going to get into spoilers or anything like that. Um, the only thing that I, I, I think they, they use Yoda too much in this stuff. I don't know that Yoda is necessary here. Um, I don't, I didn't really love the voice of who did Yoda. I didn't like how Yoda looked. That's my only nitpick. I, I just think Yoda, use Yoda less because you're despecializing him. And George Lucas's whole thing about Yoda was that we don't know much about him and he's special. And I think saving Yoda for smaller pockets of things is better. He, they, they seem to use him way too much in a lot of these things. Um, that's my only thing. Everything else, I really enjoyed. I think it looks great. It sounds great. The music's awesome. They use a lot of themes in it. Uh, I think kids are going to absolutely love it um, mm-hmm. for the most part. And it's going to allow them to sort of like see themselves as little kid Jedi. So I think it's great. I think it's going to be uh, a really awesome show for for kids to get into. And even adults who like Star Wars to pop it on, whether you have kids or not. Uh, just for like, let me let me just watch something that's Star Wars because it is fun. It's innocent. It makes you feel good and wholesome, and it shows it teaches those lessons that George Lucas wanted to teach, which is being selfless, making right the right choices, learning from your mistakes. Uh, so I think even you know George Lucas, who doesn't speak much to Star Wars today, I'd like to think that maybe he sees something like that and he's like, I'm glad they're doing that. Um, and I have no idea whether he thinks that or not. I'm just hoping maybe, but mm-hmm. uh. I, I think it's. I think this is this is a good series, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, so good for them. Yeah, yeah. I turned it on in the afternoon uh, with my daughter, and she immediately started pointing at the screen and making noises and getting excited about Nubs as soon as he came on screen. <laughs> like <laughs> in the very first episode, where they're kind of fighting in their little area, um, <laughs> she also called Yoda Grogu. She pointed at the screen and said Grogu, even though it's not Grogu. So congratulations, <laughs> John Favreau. It has happened. Um, so she knows Grogu before Yoda, which is so funny because I'm now experiencing Star Wars through her eyes where she doesn't know Yoda. She knows Grogu. Um, wow. So she got excited about that. Uh, and then she also liked RJ83, the little droid. So kind yeah. of like the cutesy stuff. She's on the younger end, obviously, of kids that know what's going on. She's very much into like Coco Melon and stuff like that. So she obviously had no idea what was going on, but she liked every time certain characters were on screen. And I think similar to what John was saying is like, uh, you know, bright colors, fun voices. She liked the lightsaber fighting, um, but she's about, I would say, like six to eight months younger than John's daughter. So she's a little bit younger. Um, but yeah, she definitely enjoyed it. And I took a picture, which James has of her watching it, which is just yep. like one of those proud mom moments she loved nubs she was all about nubs so <laughs> for our audio listeners um if you want to check out our youtube channel we have it on the screen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we'll i can also up. maybe maybe i'll post on social we'll see but yeah she she loved nubs all about it very and cool d bradley baker does a great job having this like little cute cutesy voice that guy <laughs> is employed <laughs> yeah he's got jobs he's got jobs for sure yeah but that's kind of um, it i mean it was cute it was fun I, I think it's gonna be good for little kids especially ones that are a little too young for maybe like rebels or clone wars or stuff like yeah, that 
there's not a whole lot to add. I, uh, I think it, it's kind of an interesting style. It's like this halfway between 3D and 2D kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not quite 3D animated, but it is actually. I think they just like stylize the characters a little bit so they look a little bit more like 2D. It feels like like PJ Mask or like it, you it know does. Sp- Spidey and his friends type of. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 which kind of gives me to the the a bigger thing because we were talking about visions earlier. It's like when I'm thinking about star Wars and, and how they can tell all these different animation styles. I don't know if I, I'm, I know it's a money thing actually, because it's like the cheapest way to do it the way that they're doing it. But it's kind of like clone wars has is different from rebels. Rebels is different from bad batch. Yeah. It's like, yeah. they are different, Resistance. I get it, but mm-hmm. like, come on, there's uh, the, like, I would love to see. I mean, I would love to see a 2D anime style, you know, show like if, you know, if they want to do it, even if it was that American anime style, like in the pit, for instance, or the pit, I think is what it's called. Um, <coughs> then I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, or like, you know, avatar would be like the other example. I just, I, I wish that we could see more animated styles that isn't just playing within like 3d animation and just like kind of toying around that concept with different little like, um, uh, textures and things, you know, like let's, let's really branch out and do some really cool, crazy stuff. Like obviously we're seeing with visions. That's, that's really cool. I do um, want to talk yeah. about John Roca in the comments. Thanks for watching, John. John <laughs> Roca in the comments. You got to come got on. An outlaw soon. up in here. Uh, yeah, he brought up. Were you guys surprised by their twenty-six minutes each? Were you surprised by that? I thought they'd be like ten to fourteen. John, I was very surprised because at the beginning of this conversation, I thought I had watched three episodes. It ends up I've only watched <laughs> one and a half. So, which yeah, they they split up the stories so that like the first episodes, the young Jedi and Yoda's mission, so they are around twelve to thirteen. But John, I'm the same way. When I saw, because I was like, did this go to the next episode? And I didn't notice it, and I hit pause. And on Disney Plus, you need to also hit the arrow or something to find out where you're <laughs> yeah. at. And it was like 23 minutes to 26. I'm like, holy cow, there's like an episode of Entourage. So I did think that was long. But then when I realized that they split it up, I was like, all right. you know." So I don't I don't know this based on my experience, I'm guessing. But my thought is, first of all, it has no business being that long, especially when they're splitting (laughs) it up. It doesn't. (laughs) I mean, obviously, it doesn't because they didn't do it. They're not 23 minute episodes or whatever. So I think what they've done here is they had to follow a blocking uh, system for television because I think these are probably airing on the Disney Disney channel Channel. considering Mm. the commercials that I kept seeing. So I think that they are, they have like a slot at like, you know, or Disney junior or something. Exactly. Yeah. They have a slot from like five to five 30 or something where they're going to be airing these episodes, but they couldn't do it if they were like 10 or 15 minute episodes, I mean, you could show two still, but like, I think mm-hmm. the, I think when they were putting the format together, they said they need to be this long and just, oh, they are, through. they are on Disney junior. That's what I'm saying is I think, yeah, I think yeah. it had something to do with the, the broadcast aspect of it that they had to fit yeah. in within a, which uh, we've all moved past. So we're all like TV. What's that? <laughs> what? I, yeah. <laughs> it, it is weird to me. Like, I remember when Rebels was was first kicking off, it was on Disney XD. And I was like, just I'm buying it on iTunes. Like, just give me the episode when they, when it comes out. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it'll come out the next day because it's got to air on Disney XD. I'm like, this is not right. Game of Thrones. 
like, yeah. come on man just give me the episode now yeah <laughs> but yeah that was that, that that's just my guess uh on how that all handled um do you guys want to talk a little bit about uh some of the hasbro stuff that was announced really quick just sure. throw out a couple of the stuff anything uh sh- striking to anybody in particular we can i can pull it up here we'll start maybe with the helmet I got the helmet I there. Repaint. Yeah, I got to give credit to uh, Sabine Wren for uh, finding Boba, Hett's, Boba Fett's helmet and, and painting it for us. That's very nice of her to do that. Uh, I know she's busy getting ready for Ahsoka, but she brought out the spray paint cans. And No, I'm kidding, but it does look like a repaint. Um, I like the the Luke figure, of course. Uh, the one with Grogu? Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, I'm not super familiar with was it the Darth Malgus figure? That looks kind of wild. The old Republic character. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't Gaming think that's cool. that one. Yeah, I, but Luke and Grogu, I think, is a standout because um, it just brings back, you know, the feelings of the old uh, action figures that I had. Uh, the Power of the Force figures, where Luke or Yoda came with a backpack and then he went with Dagobah Luke, and you would strap him onto that figure. Mm-hmm. uh so this is like sort of like that for this for this generation it's cool they they all look great everything looks great um but i think the that's, oh, that's the darth malgus yeah you know it's funny yeah. i wrote vader kick <laughs> i think Not i just vader. looked at it for a split <laughs> second i was like that's kind of a cool action pose for vader but no that's, that's <laughs> well that's darth how malgus. that's the the original cut of return of the jedi yeah that they, he said uh, tell your sister i was right and then he kicks him into a no pit. he's like he super kicks Palpatine like Shawn Michaels over the top oh, rope down to the shaft. Yeah. <laughs> and he, and he like uh when Han throws that thing at the guy and he like hit, falls over the railing. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Emperor falls over the railing, does the Wilhelm and all that. Get, yeah. And, and Vader tunes up the band, he's stomping on the mat. Like Palpatine should have seen it coming, but mm-hmm. he ca- cracks him in the jaw of the super kick and away he goes. So I'm gonna be honest right now. A lot of these announcements are either re-releases or kind of like I would say late releases. And even then, some of them aren't even coming out until spring 2024. Like you have Mando with the Darksaber, which you're like, okay, another Mando. He's not coming out till spring 2024. But like, haven't you already made a bunch of Mandos? I was gonna Um, say this this Chewbacca on screen, Lacey. Like, is this the first Black Series Chewbacca? Like, what about this Chewbacca is unique? Um, I think they're just reworking the figure. He probably is more articulated and stuff comes with which more is fine i just it was just an honest question my right? critique mm-hmm. with the hasbro team as always and i said this to him at celebration and james was there mm-hmm. when i said it is i'm the one that's always bothering you about ben solo and they all laughed because i am i want solo creatures that they never did i want ben solo which to me is still bananas that they have not done a ben solo figure seeing as they already have the mold for kylo ren multiple kylo ren's it's just crazy to me. And we still keep getting clones and clones and clones and Mandos and Mandos and Mandos because I know they're easy to make. Um, I just wish they would do. Those are cool. I have to admit the Wicket and Kinesa are good. What if Adam Driver keeps showing up to the Hasbro manufacturing factory and ruining all the molds every time they try to make it? <laughs> he just slashes them with his lightsaber like he, a TFA. He does his like yell and he's like, shut it down. <laughs> I just... I don't know. I, I just kind of wish they were doing more. This is, it, It's a selfish request. I wish they were doing kind of more sequel trilogy stuff. I feel, I feel like they've moved on very quickly from that. 
Um, I'm still very mm. thankful, which I told them at celebration that mm -hmm. they did raise lightsaber. It was perfect. And I'm glad that they got it. They perfected it before they released it. But I feel like we keep falling back on this Mando stuff, Mando action figures, which I understand they sell, but nothing that's come out lately has been like, oh my God. Um, except I think the chopper. I thought the chopper was very cool. The t the talking chatterback chopper. Yeah, that, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That was cool. The Jabba was very cool for Return of the Jedi, the whole Jabba playset. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, it's, I care a lot. Those are my critiques. I just care. I, I buy their stuff all the time, so it's not like I'm like I'm. I want these things. I don't buy anything because I do. They make. I can show you my my bins and bins and bins that I bought. Yeah, they make. I'm, the I'm the are opposite. Great, but go. What? I was gonna say the products are great in terms of like how they make them, and they're getting yeah better and better. It's just it seems like we're getting a lot of the same, like Lacey said, and you know everyone talks about the repaint helmet stuff. I didn't come up with that. You know, it's just. It seems I'm not I'm not saying the word like lazy or anything, but it does seem like people are underwhelmed. Like Lacey said, it, it's like, oh, here's the oh, that's the. And I think the timing is always tricky, too, because they're under the pressure of not getting information or production from Lucasfilm yeah, sure, at a sure. certain point. Sure. And the problem with that is that then they have a time period where they have to go into production and then they have to release it, which is ending up being a year later you know 15 months later stuff like that so they're kind of in a tough spot but i just hope eventually we get back to kind of what they did for movies where they had these big events and stores where you could go get the stuff in hand because it's very much turned into an online kind of oh. situation that's not fun I, as a collector that's not fun yeah. the, the the fun for me as being a collector is going to grocery not grocery stores but i mean it could grocery be stores. but any store or like a flea market or a comic-con where you get to go on the hunt that's part of the yeah. fun and I feel yeah. like at this point, we're not having that because it's all online. I'm sort of the opposite in the sense of like, I agree with when I see a lot of these, you know, I'll click in here. Well, that's, that's a little different, I guess. But it's like, this was announced today, Clone Trooper. And I'm like, Clone Trooper, cool. You know, that neat. I like Clone Troopers. And people but like the Troopers If I was for at the store, building. I would just like look at this and be like, oh, that's a, that's a Clone Trooper. And I wouldn't be super excited about it. There are things that I would like to see them make. But unfortunately, I just don't. I don't buy that stuff. So I would be like, yeah, they did it. That's awesome, man. And then like just sneak back into the bushes because like I don't yeah. want to pay money to buy it. But there are things that I would like to see them do and they just haven't done. Um, mm -hmm. But I understand that even even if they did make it, you know, that small group of people who want to see it probably wouldn't buy it as well. So they got to stick to what they know sells. Yeah. I guess like I when, when, when IG 12 comes out, next may the 4th 2024 with grogu and it's electronic and you can hit the buttons and you know it's coming is the buzz still going to be there or people going to be like oh yeah that was cool even though he doesn't even use that anymore it's like that's the thing like star wars is telling these stories but they're changing things so quickly that by the time the figure comes out that character's either dead or whatever's involved with it doesn't exist anymore it's just like rise of skywalker crazy. merch came out i think the following year after the movie yeah. came out. So it was like yeah. Babu Frick came out the following year. All this stuff came out the following year. And then Ray's lightsaber didn't come out until like, what, a year and a half, two years later. Um, right. I do want to say one thing before we move on. So Semperfy Danny, thank you so much for the comment, said, could the lack of Ben Solo figures have to do with the contract copyright issues about producing something with the likeness of the actor? Um, sure, there are probably instances of that, that. But with this, Danny, I could tell you right now, I've been reorganizing my collection. I have four, four 
Kylo Ren's downstairs with his mask off. All of Adam Driver, all different ones, with Scar, without Scar, they already have the mold. The mold's been made. So my whole thing is just put him in a black sweater, put a hole in it. We're good to go. Just have uh, Mr. Stevie make you a custom Ben Solo. I know. I know. I, I just, I feel like it's one of those things that like once you're in it, once you've been rooting for it, you like can't, you know, like make Solo 2 happen. I can't, I can't back down. I gotta keep going. Let's have a let's have a make a custom Ben Solo for Lacey contest. And if you're listening, <laughs> make a custom Ben Solo and then get it to Lacey. And then we'll we'll review all the Ben Solos and we'll make the Ben Solos fight to the death. I even have one that I bought off eBay because I thought it was so funny. And it's a Ben <laughs> Swolo from The Last Jedi. And it's an oh, actual God three uh, three point seven five figure that they had made of Kylo Ren that someone put like the big chest on from like the power. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, oh, I, man. it's right there. It's right there. The there only merch is. they've made is a Funko Pop. That's the only one mm-hmm. that they've made of Ben Solo. But mm-hmm. anyway, I won't keep talking about this. We can we can move on. Um, yeah, I guess we're just gonna. I guess we'll go into our next section then, John. Yep. Uh, you want to introduce it? I would love to introduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Lacey Gillerin with Resistance. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, it's good. <laughs> Thanks, John. That was oh, so delightful. My <laughs> to, to be fair, for some reason in my mind, I was like, well, we got to move on to the next section. It's Ask the Resistance. So I was trying to talk <laughs> to John. But this is usually Lacey's segment. What do we got, Lacey? <laughs> All right, guys, it's time for resistance transmissions. Uh, So this is where John puts a crazy, wacky situation on Twitter, and you guys give your answers. We haven't done this in a while, so I'm pretty Mm -hmm. pumped about this. This is the first time, maybe second time we're doing this live, so this is exciting. Um, So yeah, I don't know. Like it, we'll do it more live. You know, if people are digging it live, we'll keep it up. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Now, the way this works is I haven't seen the question. I don't know what you guys said, so we'll see how this goes. All right, so the situation is, let's assume Dave Filoni made a Twitter burner account (laughs) so he can anonymously participate in online fandom. Could you imagine? Who admitted that they had a burner account? Kelly Mutran? Kelly Mutran said. Uh, What do you think the handle would be? Easily. I would if I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, Uh, first up is, oh, our buddies at Children of the Watch at COT Watch. Wait, wait, I I, I feel like. Just can you tell what the punchline is again? Because I feel like you guys were talking over each other a little bit. What would the handle be if Dave Filoni had a burner account? Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So first up is Children of the Watch at C-O-T Watch. What up, guys? They're the best. Uh, They said at Wolfpack Plo. (laughs) He (laughs) is obsessed with Plo Clone. It's like to the point that it's like very comical. But I feel like for a while, us as fans, we didn't pick up on how obsessed he is until now. It's like he's yeah. like, yeah, I wrote in Plo Clone. Yeah, it was Plo Clone. <laughs> yeah. And to to be just for everyone out there, we there were almost a hundred responses to this. So be, people either like this topic or they've been waiting for resistance transmissions. But there were a lot of Plo Clone <laughs> answers. I uh, had to go with one of the first ones I saw, and I went with uh, our our buddies Alex and Mac. It's like when you do something George Lucas, and everybody puts faster and more intense. You're like, I can only yeah, say that. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up is Molly Damon at Molly Damon. Hey Molly, she said hey, Molly. at Wolfman sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Molly. All right. Uh, next is Andrew Schmidt at Andrew underscore Schmidt, who said 
zero is my hero. <laughs> <laughs> Next is Matt Chitty at Matt Chitty 1882. What up, Matt? He said at it's underscore un uh underscore trapper. <laughs> That's well, clever. It's a trapper. Uh, next the is trap. Kevin Smets at Kev's Smets. Kev Smets key K key K E V S M E T S. What up, Kevin? He said at what a bunch of felony. <laughs> what a bunch of felony. <laughs> That's actually really clever, and I'm not going to be surprised if this ends up being a podcast at some point. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think we made some similar joke a long time around about about like baloney, baloney, baloney. We used to call him yeah, Dave Baloney when he would we, yeah. he would say things we didn't think were true. Yeah, I'm gonna need Brian Ward to make a Photoshop of an Oscar Mayer baloney package that says "What a bunch of baloney." <laughs> Check Twitter so tomorrow. He's quick. Oh yeah. He is quick. yeah. Uh, next is Andrew Staley at Deuce underscore Staley. What up, Andrew? He said, "At that's a good question." <laughs> <laughs> it's either that andrew or it's that's an interesting question yeah it's an interesting question mm. <laughs> uh next is chichumi at chichumi c-h-e-e-c-h-o-o-m-i i like that way to get your handle chichumi yeah way to get your handle at cloney underscore feloni cloney feloni he does he loves clones that guy <laughs> Next is Mark Newbold at Prefect underscore timing. Hey, Mark, how's it going? He said at fave underscore Deloney. <laughs> <laughs> he says it's got to happen if it hasn't already. <laughs> That's actually mm -hmm. pretty Thanks, funny. Mark. And then last but not least is Darth Del Rio at Darth Rio, who said at not the real Dave Filoni. <laughs> That's how you get people off the scent. You say, you say yeah. not. Yeah. You sniff them off the case. That's this right is good. I I think my favorite though is still what a bunch of phony. Yeah, that one had because I also like that one got a lot of likes too. I had what to get Smets in the mix there. Phone. Good job. I would Kevin. not be surprised if in some interview he's gonna say that at some point. This is somehow gonna get to him, and one of these interviews, he's someone's gonna ask him a question. He's gonna go, "That's a bunch of phony." Yeah, right. Anyway, thank good you guys job, so everybody. much. If you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us on. Twitter, but also all our other social channels at TRB Podcasts and just look out for the resistance transmissions because it's a good time to be a part of it. Uh, back to you, John. Yeah, thanks, everybody. I uh, hope everyone in the live chat enjoyed uh, going on the ride with us on those resistance transmissions. Don't ever hesitate to pop yours in the chat, too. We can always put them up on screen, but uh, we hope you enjoyed. And if you do like us doing that live, uh, we will continue to. Um, but Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching, being a part of TRB. If you joined us live on Star Wars Day, that's an honor for us because there's so much you can do. In our Discord on Patreon, people were talking about they were at trivia events and they were, uh, they were helping Edge. each other out. People were going to the movies. People were going to all, watching movies at home, doing cosplay, all sorts of things. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, make sure you do subscribe to the show on your preferred platform whether that's uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, wherever. Uh, and if it has a rating system, please rate us. We're seeing a lot of growth on both Apple and Spotify. So however you're finding us, spread the word, tell your friends. And that's the way we grow. We, we, it's just the three of us here doing this thing. So we appreciate any and all help. And speaking of which, 
uh, our patrons who allow us to do shows like this. If you go back to when we first started doing this podcast, we didn't have video. When we started doing video, it looked heinous. Uh, the reason it why we're able bad. to keep, yeah, the the reason why we could, did you say I looked pretty bad or we looked? I pretty said bad? It we looked pretty it. bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn. I um, mean, more me than anything else, but yeah, I looked pretty bad. You were in a closet with like a light bulb. You it looked like you were being not interrogated. For the video. By, not, not for the for video. The video. Oh, but yeah, for the yeah. video, it was it was rough. It was a rough time. Yeah. <laughs> we just turned on cameras. But, That's really all it was. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the, our support on Patreon uh, allows us to not only continue doing what we're doing. You know, we have families, we have jobs and stuff, but also allows us to grow and improve the quality of what we're doing. So thank you to anyone who has supported us at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast past, present, future. If you're able to support us, uh, tiers start at $5 per month. Um, but a special thank you to our generals and spice runners. Our Patreon generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Aaron Ellington, Micah Harrison, Colin Cormier, Haz Aslam, Ryan Wara, and Jolton Jedi DiMaggio. And our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, David Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank you, everybody, for all out. of your support. That's good. Uh, you could find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey. Uh, I should have a short coming out soon, maybe tomorrow, on our YouTube channel talking about my experience watching Return of the Jedi in the theaters and my movie podcast, just like the movies on any audio podcast app. Uh, we just did an episode on Braveheart. Uh, James, how about you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks and um, uh, also then on the uh, the short that I did today, if anybody wants to go check it out. But we pretty much talked about what I've said anyway. So yeah. it's like if you want an extra minute with me, you can go check it out. Lacey, what about you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin and on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillerin. Also doing the Visions review that I did yesterday where I kind of run through the episodes, talk about my favorite things and why I love Visions so much. And then I also have a special unboxing coming from Hasbro. So hopefully I wasn't too harsh mm. earlier. <laughs> no. People love uh, the respectful honesty. Um, we will be back Monday where we're getting back to our regular rotation. So we're doing news chat on Thursdays live. And then Monday we're having our discussion show. So we're going to have a pretty interesting speculative discussion about Ray's future in that next movie. So we hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. We hope the rest of your May the 4th is great. Do Revenge of the 5th. Do Revenge of the 6th. Keep it going. We're Star Wars fans. We're crazy. To us, it's just a Thursday, right? So we'll see you next time with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids.